Our scripture reading for this morning is taken from our Lord's Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. We begin with verse 28. And Jesus said, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your, tr your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Many doctors have come to realize that the problem of extreme worry over health conditions in the minds of some of their patients is just too much to overcome. And so it's easier to just pretend that they are sick and give them a fake medicine that has nothing in it, a placebo, and send them on their way. In a study that was done at Oxford University, they found that 97% of doctors admitted they've done this. <laughs> Check your doctor. 97% of doctors admit that they have done this with patients who are just so overly worried about health issues. The greatest hypochondriac in American history, many believe, was Howard Hughes, a very famous um, aviator and filmmaker, died years ago, but he, uh, one of the wealthiest men in our country. He was so worried about germs that the last 10 years of his life, they claim he would not touch anything without a tissue in his hand, that he always had boxes of Kleenex nearby to touch anything. He would have fit in perfectly in the COVID world, right? And he demanded that when people come to visit him, that they be dust busted of any dust on their clothing or possibly take off articles of clothing so that he didn't have to be around any possible germs. And he was so worried about going out into the outside world that at one point in his life, he wanted to stay in his hotel room and the hotel had to contact him and say, well, you're not booked for so long. So he finally decided to just buy the hotel and he lived in it for four more years. That's how, how far his worry took him. He was six foot four, and when he died, he weighed 90 pounds. He literally worried himself to death. It literally took his life. Jesus is reminding us that worry is a spiritual issue. And before I go so far as to shake my head at Howard Hughes, I need to examine my own mind and my own heart and how I can be as well. And worry is such a prevalent thing and temptation for us that we don't even, we, we kind of forget it's a sin. We kind of easily forget that it is really a showing a lack of trust in God and his care and providence for us. And it can kind of grab hold of my heart and mind even at times when I'm not aware of it. It's not until I, someone brings it to my attention. Jesus is here addressing his closest followers, 
his disciples, who, whom he is, is uh, instructing, and uh, the entire Sermon on the Mount is primarily for those who are his followers. And he's really demonstrating here in this section that doubt and worry, worry is really based in our doubt of God's care and promises. And it takes place inside of us. If you really analyze worry in your life, it really takes place when you elevate what you think over what God has said and over his promises. Satan loves to do this to us. It's how he started with our first parents, to rebel against God, to, to take what they wanted to think and put it over what God himself had actually said to them. And when we allow this to happen in our minds, another problem Jesus addresses, which is kind of on the other end of the spectrum, but it's all part of the same issue, is materialism. Because it's all, it ultimately means we're focusing our hearts and minds on the wrong things. We're really taking the, the things that, that God wants us to have our attention on, and that is our eternal home in heaven, and bringing everything back down here to earth. Jesus warns and he says, after all of these things, in other words, worrying about all the stuff about life, food and clothing and everything, after all these things, the Gentiles seek. That means people who don't even know about God. Pagan people. And he's talking to Christians now. He says, we, we can be tempted with the same challenging problem. After all these things, the Gentiles seek. And sure enough, in the New Testament, we can see this happening. We can see it right, right with Judas, right here in the, in the audience. We can see it with Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts. St. Paul writes this to, to young Timothy in the very early Christian church. Some have wandered from the faith because they're so concerned about all the earthly stuff that, that they can have or whatever. Many years ago, I was a pastor of a church down in Florida. I was a young guy myself. and. They put on, uh, the, uh, the church body, our synod, put on a um, uh, kind of a seminar and a, another pastor would come and, and put on a seminar for pastors and their wives. And uh, I, my wife and I went to it and it had to do with planning our finances in the future and things like that, retirement and so on. And I remember I was talking to the pastor who put this on and I said, boy, you sure got a good turnout. When we do our study groups, we don't get this many people, but you got absolutely everybody in the circuit to come to this. And he said, yeah, pastors aren't any different than their members. We, we're all very focused on the material things of life and the things that we can get in life. He said, I always get 100% participation, even among the clergy. Worry is not only counter, or not only uh, something that is, is against our faith, Jesus is warning, but it doesn't help. It never makes anything better. It actually makes things worse. He says you can't add a single hour to your life by worrying. Now, we need to make a proper distinction between, between worrying and, and good planning. God has much to say about using our intellect and things to plan for things and being careful and cautious, taking care of our possessions and our family and, and so on. But we, we, we do know where the line begins to be crossed when we start to worry, when we start to be agitated and fearful in a place where we don't need to be. And, and he's especially concerned that we can let these things consume our hearts and start to take our focus away from the eternal home that he's given us in heaven. So Jesus puts this beautiful promise in front of his church. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. 
Okay, so what does that mean? To seek first the kingdom of God. That means that the things that have to do with getting us to heaven, okay, those are the things that God says, puts in front of us and says, this should be the bullseye of the target of your heart and your mind. This is where I want you to focus your life, on making sure that you get to heaven. And on the righteousness that you need to have from God that was earned for you by Christ, the righteousness you need to have from God that will get you through those gates of heaven someday. When God invites us not to worry, okay, it's not based on just some pop psychology. It's not based on a placebo or some mind game to play with us. It's based upon his care and on his overriding power over all things, his divine ability to control and manage all things in the world. And it's also rooted in his great love for you, his eternal love for you that's made you his child through faith in Christ. And so he, he, he points us to just a bunch of flowers in the field and the birds flying around in the air. And he says, these are the, some of the smallest things in God's creation. And yet he takes care of them. Don't you think he's going to take care of you? He sent his son to die for you so he can come to heaven. Don't you think he's going to take care of you too? You don't need to worry about these things. The birds don't worry about it. The grass doesn't worry about it. Look at how, how he clothes them. More beautiful than one of the wealthiest men that's ever lived in the world. So God comes to us, the very one who has sent his son to redeem us, the very one who has sent him to pay for all of our sins, the one who's claimed you in the waters of baptism as his child and prepared a room for you in the mansions of heaven, the one who lovingly invites you to pray to him and say, Our Father who art in heaven and who controls everything in the entire universe, he is the one who just invites you to trust in him. St. Paul put it this way, He who did not spare his own son, but graciously gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? If God has provided you with an answer to the greatest problem you're ever going to have to face through Christ, don't you think you can trust him for the lowliest things in your life as well? So, from God today to you, relax, believe. Amen. Please rise. And we pray. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Amen. Amen.